You're listening to the COVID-19 Update, a podcast from the CSIS Global Health Policy Center focused on the science and policy implications of the outbreak. I'm Andrew Schwartz of the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and I'm joined by my colleague, Steve Morrison, to discuss the latest on COVID-19. Andrew and I are delighted today to be joined by Senator Patty Murray, Democrat from Washington State, has been in the Senate since 1993. Senator, thank you so much for being with us. Well, it's good to talk to you as well today. So you are a ranking member of the HELP Committee and a senior member of the Appropriations Committee, and we're very grateful and proud that you've been a member of the CSIS Commission on Strengthening America's Health Security Now for two years, and we've thoroughly enjoyed and benefited from having you be part of the commission and working closely with Andy Freestadt and your other staff. So thank you so much for that. Let's start with what's happened this last week. It's been somewhat astonishing. We're seeing wildfires all across America in the coronavirus pandemic, more than two dozen states surging. We're seeing new peaks, 45,000 in a single day, concentrated in the South and the West. This is hardly anything that anyone had expected or hoped for following protracted lockdowns in the spring, followed by the rapid reopenings across the nation. Tell us, in your view, what's driving this reversal and how seriously should we be taking it? Well, it is very serious. And I think the Trump strategy of wishing that this pandemic would just somehow go away if we just ignored it or pretended it didn't happen or to say we don't care what's happening with the pandemic, we've got to get our economy back on track, has really allowed this to now spread to numerous places, and it feels chaotic, I think, to everyone. What's happened is that people have not been taking this pandemic seriously in this administration from the very beginning, doing what needed to be done, explaining it to the public, how serious this was, telling individuals that they critically have to be a part of it and doing everything we can to stop the spread. And here we are today with the president that is still not telling us what we need to do. There's no coordinated strategy. And it is truly going to continue this way until everyone from the top down in this country takes this pandemic as serious as it is and take the individual and community steps we need to do to stop the spread. Senator, this is Andrew, and thank you again for being with us today. We know how busy you are. Why do you think the issue of masks has become so politicized? Well, I think it's always difficult to tell people what they need to do, but how it's presented to them makes a tremendous difference in what they do do. So, for example, if people at the top said wearing a mask means that you're going to stop the spread, protect your family, protect your neighbors, protect your community. That that makes a huge difference. And that wasn't done. So, you know, setting it by examples is really important. Getting off the mask issue, we're now at a half a million tests per day. We've had several delays getting there, though. You've been vocal from early on about the issues with testing and leading the calls to ramp things up. What do you think went wrong And what do we need to do to get this right? And are we now on track? Well, testing it is a key part of what needs to be done in a pandemic. It is the essential tool that we have 
to make sure we've got the knowledge we need as a family to know whether you have the virus and don't spread it so you stay home, to a community so they know where it's coming from and what they need to do to stop the spread. For businesses, it's a key tool to know what they should be doing with their employees to stop the spread. And from the very beginning, this administration has dismissed testing. Maybe it was because they thought if they tested people and had the knowledge that we had it, it would somehow be a bad mark on them. I don't know. It's it's frustrating. But my staff and I have been working now on putting together a a report to analyze what went wrong with the testing and to find out what the root of the problem was, both so that we can get this right now, but in the future as well. And it's very clear um, that the lack of federal leadership was had a huge impact on this, that making sure the supply chain issues were there, leaving it to the states so that there was chaos the testing supplies, there were delays, the disparities that we have seen in access to testing. And literally what I'm talking about is there was no plan to deal with this critical tool. And here we are today and we still have issues. Thank you, Senator Steve Morrison here. Um, The race for a safe and effective vaccine or vaccines is now fully upon us. And it's an enterprise of unprecedented scale and complexity just thinking about immunizing 60 or 70% of the world's population, perhaps with one, perhaps with two doses, the risks of adverse effects, public mistrust, huge complexities in developing the vaccines and organizing their finance, manufacture and delivery. Countries, not too surprisingly, are seeking above all to meet their national needs. The president has launched an America first effort, Operation Warp Speed. In your view, what are the single most important considerations we need to keep in mind as this race unfolds? What do you see as an optimal outcome and what do you worry the most about? (laughs) I'm worried about a lot of things. Obviously, a vaccine is critical. This is so important. We've got to get it right. We have seen it. If you just look at the example of testing, all the things that went wrong, if all the things go wrong in the same way that there's a lack of a plan, that it Uh, It isn't done right, so we know that they're safe and effective so that we are getting this out in a way that means that communities of every size and communities of color and communities that are not as wealthy all get it. We will not do this right. So that means that we need a really good plan right now. We cannot see a repeat of the testing disaster. So to me, that means that the process to develop the vaccine and to Uh, get it out to people has to be thorough and transparent and based on science. We have to be ready to scale this up rapidly and we need to make sure that communities that are already facing health disparities get access to it, which means it needs to be affordable. And finally, let me just say I am deeply concerned that there's unfortunately already a lot of misinformation about vaccines in our country. And there is mistrust in this president, given how he has personally spread information about this virus and undermined vaccines in the past. So it is going to take a very coordinated scientific approach, and we will have to have the trust of the public to make this effective. So there's a lot of concern moving forward. And overall, what I would say is we need an administration from the top down working right now to have a very thorough, transparent, 
effective plan put in place so people know what to expect. Senator, you just mentioned the disparities we're seeing in connection with this disease with the African-American community. What, what do you think's behind these inequities and what can we be doing now to address them? Well, we certainly have seen that this pandemic is no equalizer. It really has hit the most vulnerable the hardest for a variety of reasons. So we have to have the knowledge, the data, which you have to start with so you know what you're missing and what you need to do to be able to make sure that every part of our country is um, being taken care of in a way that will stop the spread of this pandemic. We don't know a lot about the disparities yet because we don't have the data, but what we do know already is alarming. Black people, Latino people, tribal communities are three to five times more likely to be hospitalized for COVID-19. And we have data from the Brookings Institute that shows that the age-adjusted COVID-19 death rate for people of color is two to three times higher than whites. So we have a lot of underlying problems, access to health care for communities of color, They've been historically underrepresented in our clinical trials. And right now we know that systemic racism exists and it is contributing to this as well. Senator, this gets back to something that we talked briefly about a few minutes ago, which is there's considerable tension, indeed a, a collision between science and politics that's emerged in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic. And we've seen it play out in the case of hydroxychloroquine political pressure for approval back in March. Evidence comes forward, a revoking of that emergency use authorization recently. We see the rise of highly virulent anti-science, anti-public health sentiment and weaponized use of social media attacking the value of vaccines. How are we going to deal with these realities in your view? What does the government need to be doing in this respect? Well, I think the government at every single level needs to be giving the message out loud and clear to absolutely everyone that science has to come first. This should not be a collision. Um, we can't let politics overrule public health. We need everybody from the president on down to accept the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic. It is a virus that is highly contagious and it has high hospital and fatality rates that are impacting all of us. If we don't just swallow, accept that, and have the American trust that we now have to deal with this, it is going to be very hard moving forward. You know, there's been a lot of misinformation out there. There's been a lot of political interference that has led to the chaos now, and as we see again, the rising number of cases. So it's an especially challenging problem. And, and I would add part of it is this is a new virus. There isn't a lot of scientific-based information. So we've had fits and starts even without the political interference of do you wear a mask, don't you wear a mask? Is there something you can do to help you or not? Everybody is learning and trying to adjust and get it right as fast as we can go. So adding political interference to this and those kind of things doesn't help. So I would, if I was just ability to tell everybody, here's what we need to do, I'd say take a breath, get the best health care experts out there, Let's trust them and move forward. That's better than infighting and chaos on any day. Does it surprise you that a public health issue like this has become politicized? 
oh, I want to say yes, but I also know the times we live in, and I know the tremendous amount of misinformation and right. where people get their information and who they trust has become battlegrounds and families and communities and across political lines. So it is not surprising from that point of view. But, you know, maybe the lesson we all ought to learn here is that that kind of constant battle, tension, misinformation on all sides can lead to a place where we are right now with a pandemic in front of our country where the most important thing we do is have trust in our science and not in politics. So what are the long-term consequences of these politics? And what does this mean for the critical role that Congress plays? I mean, we've seen you know, problems with just about every aspect of this, whether it's testing or ensuring supplies of PPE, test kits, reagents, ventilators, preparing for the next wave, dealing with this current wave, mobilizing the world. What are the consequences in the long term and what does this mean for the role that Congress is going to play? Well, let's talk about the immediate consequence, which is right now today, we are still missing key opportunities to fight this pandemic. There are still people who are not getting tested. I am still today, just like I was in February, talking to people saying, I cannot get a test. I don't know where to go. I'm being turned away. It takes too long. Uh, we still see today communities who don't have enough masks or won't wear them, outbreaks that have been curbed or prevented, and disparities that we have identified are not being overcome today. So long-term consequence, if we don't understand how that has contributed to today's lack of ability to contain this pandemic, we are going to make the wrong decisions for the future. This is an historic challenge. We cannot give up. But we all need to continue to give the message to everybody that this is a pandemic. It's not created out of politics. It's created out of a healthcare crisis. Let's deal with it as a healthcare crisis. Senator, we like to close these conversations by asking each of our guests to tell us where you find the greatest hope and strength in looking towards finding solutions for this crisis. So I absolutely look at our best scientific minds who are working 24-7 to try and understand this uh, COVID virus, not just here in the United States, but globally. And we have to be part of that global solution because we don't know if the best scientific evidence is going to come from somewhere else or from here. And my hope and where I see hope is that People are recognizing that. I think the latest surge in the southern states is a lesson that we better stop and take a look at, which gives me hope that we will say we really, truly are all in this together. And the solution has to come from all of us. And we all have to be a part of it. That's a great lesson for this pandemic. It's a great lesson for the future of the world. Senator, thank you so much for that and for this entire conversation. And thank you for your leadership and your generosity towards CSIS. We're really honored to have you with us today. Thank you, Senator. Well, thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. 